Welcome to Signal from the Noise by Podcast Notes, the best ideas from the world's best podcasts in minutes. Please enjoy the notes from the Stephen Sanofsky on Leading Office and Windows at Microsoft and the Art of Writing Well, Artie and Sriram's Good Time Show Episode 26 Episode of Artie and Sriram's Good Time Show. Claim. Intro. Stephen Sanofsky was president of the Windows and Office divisions at Microsoft today. He writes hardcore software on Substack, a collection of personal stories detailing the rise and fall of the PC. In this conversation, Stephen Sanofsky, Artie, and Sriram discuss the lessons that Stephen learned while leading Office and Windows at Microsoft, the art of writing well, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, effective leadership, the future of computing, and more. Check out these podcast notes from Bill Gates on founders, mistakes, and philanthropy. Hosts, Artie Ramamurthy and Sriram Krishnan. How Steve Writes So Well Stephen sticks to a five-paragraph essay format, except he does five paragraphs for each paragraph. It is common for writers to over-index on being concise at the expense of telling the whole story. Stephen doesn't write immediately when he has an idea, he will stew with an idea for days at a time so he can really think about it. He had thought about writing hardcore software for eight years before starting it on Substack. For better or for worse, Early Microsoft culture was email-heavy, you were either varsity email or you weren't. The Darwinian element of early Microsoft was the ability to do email. Early Microsoft treated email like instant messaging. Messaging apps versus email. Microsoft's culture was long-form writing, the company had a word processor and spreadsheet product. Bill Gates was a voracious reader, which contributed to his attention to detail in his emails, Bill Gates and Stephen's memo and the history of the internet at Microsoft. Microsoft had to realize that TCP/IP was not something it had to make go away, but something that the company would have to pivot around. It either had to adopt TCP/IP or withdraw itself from the internet. After getting back from a recruiting trip at Cornell and only 3 months on the job as Bill Gates's technical assistant, Stephen wrote a memo explaining why Microsoft had to adopt the internet thing. Every person that Stephen did an internet demo for thought it was the stupidest thing. Many people thought that the internet couldn't work because no one owned it. Stephen created the slide that Bill Gates presented which basically announced Microsoft's official foray into the internet, April 3, 1994. On open source software. The walled garden approach to building the internet was never going to work, regardless of how hard Microsoft tried to make it work initially. There were open systems at the time, but no open source. Not understanding open software was one of Microsoft's three biggest failings in the arc of open software. Google hacked the open-closed system debate when it created the search. Dominance and what Microsoft could have done differently. People celebrate the winner for a short time, and then go on to, to dislike the winner for a long time. People mostly like the underdog. It is hard to be liked in the middle of an antitrust trial. Quote, we grew into the monopoly that we had. Stephen Sanofsky. The pessimistic view is Microsoft was trying to lock people into its walled garden. The optimistic view is Microsoft was trying to make its customers happy and give them the products they needed. Quote, my whole career at Microsoft I thought we were on the verge of going out of business. Stephen Sanofsky on only the paranoid survive. Microsoft's culture of being aggressive. 
the aggressive culture at Microsoft was rooted in the personalities of Bill Gates and Steve Ballmer. Steve Ballmer has the classic team sports competitiveness. Bill Gates was about winning technically, and being the most right. Steve Ballmer was about winning in the market with sales and the customer. Startups today versus Microsoft then. Young people say, no, it's just different when they don't want to hear what you're saying. Slack versus Teams was a very old school competition. The most competitive thing you do in old school enterprise software is writing a 30-page white paper with a ton of references explaining why your competitor stinks. The crypto world and chat GPT are completely over their skis right now, much like Microsoft was. How to set the right culture for your startup? There are two types of founders. One is completely convinced that she has no competitor, the company is unique, and the world will come to her. The other is obsessed with her competitors and knows all of their features. Even if you think you're unique, the industry will bring competition towards you whether it is bogus or not. Windows Vista and the History Second System Syndrome A team that is successful in launching a complex system takes a step back and decides to build a second system to fix the first one, and then the team vanishes for a decade and nothing happens. Code was shipped over much longer time horizons in the Windows Vista days, and the developers had to think of what the world would like two years out and build that world. Today, software developers think of an idea and ship it by 4 p.m. Stephen taking over Windows. Quote, I could not stand how everything in Windows was some executive escalation. Stephen Sanofsky. There had to be a meeting with VPs each time two teams disagreed on something. Stephen couldn't stand this dynamic and immediately changed it when he took over. Fixing these bureaucratic issues requires individuals to make definitive decisions. Mac vs. PC ads The Mac vs. PC ads were brutal, according to Stephen Sanofsky. The ads were completely in touch with how the world viewed PCs and were 90% accurate. The 10% that was wrong drove Stephen absolutely bonkers. It's only been in the last two years that Macintosh was even registered as a competitor to Windows. Shipping Windows 7. Checkpoints are not reviews, it's your fault if you come to a checkpoint meeting and you leave doing different stuff than when you came into the meeting. Windows 7 kept the operating system relevant in terms of just running programs. Windows 7 kept the buying a PC wasn't horrible thing going. The state of desktop and laptop computing. The phone completely dominates computing. The number of people operating a computer is the population of Earth, and that computer is a smartphone. All the best PC usage in the world is about one-eighth of smartphone usage, and it's never going to become half. Apple has been relentless in developing its operating system on the mobile while simultaneously jettisoning old things from the Mac. The Mac has become more phone-like as Apple has forced applications to incrementally modernize over the past decade. This has made Apple's laptop a moderate step function in computing. Are we at the end of the smartphone innovation cycle? Think about the evolution of automobiles when you think about the evolution of smartphones. Today, people all around the world are getting access to cars for the first time. A mother of all technology disruptions will be required to disrupt the smartphone. The only thing that has faced this is the discovery of fire. Nothing has penetrated all of Earth like the smartphone.
replacing 7 billion smartphones with some innovation that no one has thought of before is a monumental task. Bill Gates as a leader and the traits of good leaders. Bill Gates has strong opinion, willing to change irritated Stephen at the time but he has since grown to appreciate this intellectual framework. It is a nightmare to work for a manager who only criticizes. Stephen calls this crux leading is not editing. Quote, leading is giving people a picture upon which to decide things so that you are not the limiting factor, the gatekeeper, or the micromanager. Stephen Sanofsky. Leadership requires the fortitude to create the picture for those following you and then let it go. Sweating over every management detail sounds like a cool management book about Steve Jobs but it isn't for 99.99% of leaders. However, a hands-off eye-off leadership style is also ineffective, as echoed by Ben Chestnut's conversation on 20VC. Empower the team to think that it was their idea so they own it. Quote, there is a very fine line between leadership and manipulation. Stephen Sanofsky. Empower your team, but don't empower them to do stupid things. That wraps up the notes for this episode. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated. Don't forget to go to podcastnotes.org and subscribe to our free newsletter. The Top 10 Ideas of the Week. Every Monday.